The following program is an exclusive sports presentation of News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Two minutes to go. Illinois 71, Michigan State 68. Out top is Io. Long, long three. Got another one. He got another one. Time out, Michigan State. Fighting a Illini game day is on the air. The countdown to tip off is underway with the Rudy Wealth Management pregame show. Your first look and in depth preview of today's contest here on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5, the flagship home for fighting Illini basketball. Right wing, Kipper cuts to the lane. Down low, Kofi! What a slam dunk! And there's the high-low and the feet of the big seven-footer. Williams to Georgie at the free-throw line, drive. Down the lane, and slams it in! Three, gonna have to shoot it with two, a long, long three! Oh, he got it! He got it! Now, from our Illini Game Day studios in Champaign, here's your host, Scott Beatty. And we've shifted those studios to courtside at Mackey Arena. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome in on Fighting Illini Game Day. I am Scott Beatty alongside Lauren Tate in one of the toughest places to play and win if you are an opponent. The Illini this afternoon and into this evening looking to sweep a season series with the Purdue Boilermakers. The Illini are 13-5 overall, 5-2 in Big Ten play. They've won four straight ball games, and Purdue is 10-8, 3-4 in the conference. They've lost their last three of four coming off a loss at Maryland. And the Illini starting three of four games here on the road, Lauren, and ranked number 21 in the country, but Purdue had probably its worst performance maybe ever, it <laughs> felt like, when they were at State Farm Center a few weeks ago. It will not go like that tonight. Well, you wouldn't expect them to shoot 15 out of 60 or 25%, which they did at Illinois. And, of course, Griffin had a really good game that day with 16 points and 12 rebounds for Illinois. And he hasn't done so well the last two games, just three points in each of the last two. So we've got to get him going again. Of course, you got Kofi in the middle against these two big guys from from Purdue, uh, uh, uh Harms is overdue for a good game, unfortunately. He hasn't played particularly well lately. He's seven foot three. He takes up a lot of space. And in the games where he scores double figures, they win almost every time. You've got to hold him down. Everybody plays better at home than they do on the road, statistically speaking. But Purdue's spread is remarkable. They're scoring almost 71 points a game in Big Ten games, just Big Ten games, and just 55 on the road. Their shooting percentage is staggering. They're nine percentage points better overall at home in just Big Ten play, and the three-point shooting has a spread of 15% from home and road in Big Ten play, and Stevanovic is night and day as well. Well, you get a feel for what's going to happen here when you look up 15 minutes ago. 15 minutes ago, and both student sections are right now full, absolutely full. Mm -hmm. On student section to our left, the student section down to our right, they're already, <laughs> they're not saying anything right now. They're saving their voices for a little bit later. This team is 45 and 4 at home in the last several years, and 85 and 8. That, those are since the 2014 2015 season. 84 and 8 overall at home. 
There have just <laughs> in been, all games. There have just been four Big Ten teams that have won in this building since the start of the 2014-15 season. We're going five and five into the sixth season now, and only four teams have come away with victories. But yet it feels like, look, Purdue is just not as good as they've been. Obviously, they had a great run well, last they're not. year. They're and, not. and it just feels like Illinois has got a shot in this game. Yeah, this is a, this is a team that went 14-4 uh, and four and 17, 15-3 and three the next year. Last year, they were 16-4. and four. That's three pretty good seasons. They lost four, three, and four games in those three seasons, and now they've already lost four games. They're mm-hmm. three and four. So this is obviously, as you said, it's not as good a team. We will talk with Mike Carmen in a moment. He's from the Lafayette Journal-Courier, and we'll also have the coach's corner. Before all is said and done, Brian Barnhart talks with assistant coach Stephen Gentry as the Illini beat these Boilermakers back on the 5th of January, a 63-37 to drubbing. And now they try to return the favor here on Katie Court at Mackey Arena in West Lafayette, Indiana. Back in a moment, it's Fighting Illini Game Day. Rudy Wealth Management for all your retirement planning and investment needs. Rudy Wealth Management voted number one in the People's Choice Awards. Stay with us, Fighting Illini Game Day. It's Fighting Illini Game Day. The Rudy Wealth Management pregame show continues on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Now with more, here's Scott Beatty. Fighting Illinois game day, Illinois here at West Lafayette and Mackey Arena taking on the Purdue Boilermakers. Purdue's lost three of four. Illinois on a four-game winning streak for the second year in a row. Io Desumu talks about this road game here against the Boilermakers. We're going for road kill. The arena gets loud. They beat us last year there. Um, it was a close game, but they uh, they pulled away. But we know what we have to do. Besides us and the uh, Illini family, I feel like everyone expects us to lose. That's fine. We know what we got to do. Go out there and win. All right. Well, Mike Carmen is here from the Lafayette Journal and Courier. And I have to assume he says we're going to go out and do what only four other Big Ten teams have done in five-plus seasons. Here's my question. Where are the cameras set up to steal all the signs? How are, how are the Boilermakers cheating to win so much at home? Uh, it's not baseball. <laughs> you won't, you won't, the trash cans are not uh, built enough to, to have noise for signs and all that. Yeah. It was funny uh, you mentioned that because when I was uh, – when Purdue was down in Florida – for their tournament, they played the second game. Tennessee had played the first game, and the Tennessee coaches were sitting around me, and they were all like writing that. You know, Purdue holds up a little billboard that says what play to run, mm-hmm. and all that. And they're like, "Well, write that down." That you know, whatever whatever they're calling, they're writing all this stuff down. So I asked one of the uh, people with Purdue afterwards. I said, "You know, the Tennessee people were there, you know, just writing down all your signs and and, and play names." And they're like. That's fine. <laughs> and I go, you don't change them? They're like, no. It, you know, it's like, okay, that's just, that's just the way it is. I've heard Brad <laughs> Underwood. You, you still have to stop it. Yeah, I've heard Brad Underwood <laughs> say that before. He said, I'll hand you my playbook if you want. You still have to stop it. You still have to stop it. You still have to execute. You still have to hit a shot. You stop, you know, there's a lot of things you have to do. And that that's this kind of how Purdue operates under Painter. There's really... No, no, no secrets of what they do. They play good defense, and they feed off the energy here at Mackey Arena. 
And if they can get their offense going from the perimeter a little bit, this kind of opens up the floor for, for everyone. Well, have they identified, has Matt Painter been able to just say, yeah, we shoot better at home because the fans or the rims are soft or what? I mean, no, will they ever say why? No, it's just, no, I mean, I, I think they do have good shooters, and for whatever reason, they don't shoot well on the road. I mean, you can look through their game notes, and they, they break it down for you. Yep. Uh, Sasha Stefanovic is over 50% from three at home, but who knows, closer to 0% on the road. But and he's same, a redshirt uh, guy, right? I mean, he's yeah, he's ground point. He's third-year guy in the program. Okay. He's a sophomore, but still, if you can shoot, you should be able to did, shoot, right? Did it bother Edwards on the road? I didn't seem to. <laughs> and if it did, he just kept shooting. <laughs> this, uh, the transition from that team last year it must be a big difference in, in this team in terms of one guy kind of taking it over for Yeah, him. they don't have the alpha dog. They don't have the guy that you that you get the ball to when you need a basket. It, it has to come from a collective effort type of thing. It has to, you know, who's ever open in the offense, whoever gets that that early shot or the best shot possible is, is the guy that's going to that's gonna take it. When they played Virginia this year, they didn't want Virginia to settle into their defense. So when they got a look early in the shot clock, they took it. And they hit some shots early. And that, that's just kind of who they are. I mean, it, I think for the last five games, they've had a different leading scorer. So it, you, you, you do have to pay attention to everybody. But as you get through the game, you may not you may not have to pay attention to, you like to the everybody. Two, you like the two big guys together, Harms and Williams. I mean, Illinois has got the two big guys too. Uh, right. You see that as a matchup between the two. I don't know how much we'll see that tonight. I, I, I would anticipate that uh, Harms has been coming off the bench uh, the last few games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think you know I don't I don't know what Matt's going to do from a starting standpoint, but I I do think they like Nojel Eastern at the four. And I do play, too. <laughs> he played a lot. He played a lot of four. He's Saturday really athletic, isn't he? At Maryland, and he can he can get up and defend bigger guys because of his size and his strength. Uh, offensively, he's not you know where some of the other guys are, but he had a nice game in transition against Maryland where he had 14 points and he took took the took the shots that he can hit. He's not a three point shooter. He's not really a jump jump shooter. He's got to get to the basket, and I. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Eastern play more at the four. Harms is going to play. Travion's going to play. They may play together a little bit, but I, I, I think they're trying to maybe move past that a little bit more. But it's all going to depend on matchups. Fair statement. Illinois guards are probably a little more talented. Yeah, I mean they showed that in the first game, especially the way they rebounded and got a lot of second chance points. And uh, Purdue's going to have to keep those guys off the boards. Uh, they're going to have to defend them really well with uh, Eric Hunter. And uh, and everybody else that, that, that gets out there because um, you know I thought that was kind of a, a difference in the game uh, in the first meeting 16 days ago is you know Illinois guards just kind of kind of took over and, and and played really well. And I, and obviously this is far from a done season, but does it, it feel like around uh, the Purdue fan base that hey this is a season that well okay we had a great one last year this is just going to be a d- downer comparatively and will or is it the expectation high I think the expectations are always going to be high the expectations here are finish as high as you can in the Big Ten and make the NCAA tournament and, and go from there you know this year there's no dominant team in college basketball you know Michigan State probably is the dominant team in the Big Ten and we'll probably see that as we get through the season but everybody they, they've else got some road games to go to yeah but uh, but everybody else is 
depending on who you play, when you play them, and where you play them, you know, it's, it's just it's just one of those years right now. And you know, if, if Purdue can continue to win at home, and then all you need is a couple road wins at some point. And they're out there. Yeah, and to get to a twelve and eight mark or thirteen and seven mark in, in the Big Ten. All right, Mike Carmen from the Lafayette Journal and Courier, a great follow on Twitter as well. Covers all things Boilermakers. Thanks for your hospitality. Well, <laughs> my first trip here. So here up to now, at least. Yeah, there's cookies in there if you want those. <laughs> I'm making a beeline right after this. All right. Appreciate I, it, sir. Very much. Me. All right, Mike Carmen with us. We'll come back. Lauren and I will do the keys to the game from Mackey Arena, Illinois, and Purdue on Fighting Illini Game Day. We are courtside, Mackey Arena, where the Purdue Boilermakers are hosting the Illini today for the second time this season. These two teams matching up. Illinois won the first one, 63-37. It was a dismal shooting night for the Purdue Boilermakers. And the Illini looking for their fifth win in Big Ten play in a row. It hasn't happened that way for the Illini since 2013. Scott and Lauren with you. Time for our keys to the game here on the Rudy Wealth Management pregame show. They're brought to you by Hickory Point Bank and Champaign. The unlimited value of the right team. One banking expert steers you in the right direction. A whole team of them takes you to your destination. Hickory Point Bank invested. Well, Lauren, I'll start with three-point shooting and defending it as I think Purdue's going to hit a lot more than they did. What, what was it uh, three of 17? They're going to do better than that tonight. Well, I think the, the key to the game is mesmerizing Illinois in the locker room and making them think they're playing at home. Well, it's a circle <laughs> arena. They're, they're kind of close. Well, you know, you just have to relax and try to play. I mean, you can't relax on defense, but on offense, you just got to be. You got to make shots, and you can't make shots if you're tight. You can't let the you can't, just can't let the crowd bother you. And I've seen so many Illinois teams in the past just basically come apart in the second half. The second half is really hard to play here. You know, the coaches will say all the credit goes to great coaching and great teams that Purdue has had, and they have had them, but I, this is just tough to play in. Just, and, but one thing is, you know, it's obviously a, a, not as good of a team, but the Illini, it was a tough environment when they were Grand Canyon. That is a very raucous environment, very loud, and it can rally. Not as good a team. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I understand. The, the thing that gives you hope is Maryland, mm -hmm. the game at Maryland. Illinois should have won that game. Took a great shot by Cowan from 30 feet to, to save the game for Maryland. And, of course, uh, you can't do anything about shots like that. But it just – they've, they've played better except for Michigan State. They've played, you know, they've played pretty well on the road. Yep. We'll see if they can – it'd be a great road win for the Illini and see if they can Match do Wisconsin. It. Yeah. Enjoy the game, sir. All right. All right. That's our keys to the game from Hickory Point Bank. We'll come back. Brian Barnard has the coach's corner with Stephen Gentry and more here from Purdue. Fighting Illini game day continues now on the Rudy Wealth Management pregame show. I'm Scott Beatty. Illinois facing the Purdue Boilermakers today on the road in Mackey Arena. It's time for the coach's corner and Fighting Illini voice Brian Barnhart talks with assistant coach Stephen Gentry. It's brought to you by Hickory Point Bank and Champaign and Clark Lindsay. Here's Brian. Getting ready here at Mackey Arena for, with uh, assistant coach Stephen Gentry on the coach's corner. And uh, guess what? Your first trip into Mackey Arena, right? It is, yeah. And I've heard of uh, a lot of great <laughs> things just about the environment of it. And, um, and even 
last year when I wasn't part of the, the staff here, Brad was ranting and raving about the Mackey's environment, mm-hmm. how it is it was his favorite environment in terms of on you know on the road. Mm-hmm. I remember going out to Gonzaga, we played out there a few years ago. Uh, I know it's pretty loud out there. There's a lot of loud places around. Any anything comparable that You've seen they're uh, really loud, extra loud. I mean, maybe it's that they're both just a little bit smaller um, mm-hmm. compared to some of the other venues in, in the Big Ten and in the country. But um, yeah, and I think to a very passionate fan base as well that yeah. gets behind their team. So in the huddle, when you guys are out there, I know you pull the chairs away out kind of towards the court. Uh, can you actually hear sometimes? Yeah, I know. We've been in enough <laughs> tough environments now this this deep into the season. I mean, even starting yeah. out the year, Grand Canyon, Arizona. Yeah. Grand um, Canyon's a good point. Yeah, it is. But, you know, we've been we've been out in Maryland and a bunch of other places, so it's just kind of business as usual yeah. at this point. Yeah, I know in the NFL they have those helmets where they can talk to the quarterback a little bit. So Yeah, yeah, I don't have that option here. <laughs> yeah, but, that's uh, right. No, but we have made a point of emphasis, hey, making sure everyone's on the same page, make sure we do a good job communicating play mm-hmm. calls and – uh, making sure point guards get everyone in the right right places and get the pieces set before we uh, before we run our offense. I was talking to Brad earlier about um, we're winning some games some different ways here lately. Maybe we don't shoot well, but we defend well, or vice versa. Yeah, and I think our last two games are a perfect example of that. You know, we kind of won the game with our offense um, against Northwestern. Um, you know, in kind of an up and down game, and then hey, we kind of won a, a gritty, grinded out game too with our defense uh, against Rutgers. So. Uh, to me, that's a sign of a good team, a well-balanced team, one that can some nights rely on their offense, some nights mm-hmm. can rely on their defense. Um, so I mean, we obviously want both of them to, to be clicking mm-hmm. um, at a high level. But, again, it's, I think it's a good sign of a, of a good team that can find different ways to win games. Yeah. Well, that is the sign. And certainly uh, I know you've had Trent uh, handling the ball a little more. That's freed Iowa up to do some other things. Certainly Dosumo has responded. More rebounds, more assists. That seems to have worked out. Yeah, that's been a good move, I think, for both of them individually and then also just our team. Um, you know, Trent's, you know, gives us a kind of a different burst um, in transition. And then Iowa's can kind of more focus on maybe scoring a little bit more. Um, and we've had to kind of tweak some of our actions, kind of, um, you know, start, have Trent with the ball and then you know, get the ball back in Iowa's hands. But, um, but yeah, it's clicked um, and it's been a big step for our team. Just played Purdue recently, uh, two weeks ago. Does that make your scouting easier or, or harder? Um, I, maybe a little bit easier, just because the players um, are are familiar with them. Um, so it's just more of a review. Um, but also, we didn't want to take the scouting process for granted in terms of you know covering all the finer points, and um, we're obviously gonna add some new wrinkles as well and a different way to maybe attack them. So um, yeah, we. Maybe a little bit easier, just the familiarity there, but um, definitely didn't take the process for granted. Yeah, talk about adding a few things or doing a few things. Looks like Matt Painter has done a few things. He's got Williams out there. He's rotating some other guys in a little bit. Yeah, well, they're just a different team at home in general. I mean, uh, it's it's almost uh, two completely different teams um, at home. I mean, the scoring, I mean, it's like 77 a game. Then all of a sudden they go on the road and it's 59. But it's more of just like the pace uh, that they play with. Uh, at home, it's almost like they're on fast forward a little mm-hmm. bit um, in terms of getting up and down a little bit faster and moving the ball faster in the half court, cutting harder, screening harder. So um, that'll definitely be a, be a challenge for us. And they're, you know, they're playing through Williams uh, quite a bit more um, than they were the first time we played um, and kind of playing through him as a point guard in the post um, and really jamming it inside to him. We'll take a break. Back with Coach Gentry after this on the Coach's Corner here in West Lafayette. 
to Illinois basketball as we continue here on the Coach's Corner. Assistant Coach Stephen Gentry has the scout for the Purdue Boilermakers. Seemed like uh, Coach Painter had kind of a similar dilemma. Had two big guys, Harms and Williams, trying to figure out the best way to make that work. Yeah, no, it is. It is a challenge. I think a lot of times, just for spacing purposes, um, out there on the court. And I think you know Harms' injury has um, played a factor in that. You know, kind of them balancing them off and not playing them together. Um, as much. I mean, he had the concussion deal. Um, recently, he's had that right hip injury. Um, and then they played kind of a smaller, spread you out team against Maryland. Um, and they went small in that game, um, I think, just to match up with them. But I, 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 mean, I anticipate them, if not starting big, definitely getting to that big line of quite a bit just to match our size. And I mean, you look at the first game, you know, we out rebounded them by 12. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure they're, they're talking a lot about that. Um, so I'm sure we'll see. We'll see some size out there with both those guys out there together. Mm-hmm. Another guy who uh, wasn't scoring a lot, he's always been a great defensive player, is Nogel Eastern. Looks like he's scoring a little more lately. He is, yeah. I mean, he does a really good job of just picking his spots. Um, and the main way he's picking his spots right now is in transition. I mean, he's a really, really good athlete, um, good finisher, and he's playing more um, at the guard spot. Um, kind of the first time we played him, he was moved all around from point guard to the four. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's now playing a little bit more just true guard, and so the ball is in his hands a little bit more, especially in transition. But, hey, he'll also post you up um, at that guard spot, and then he's getting you know more offensive mm-hmm. rebounds too. Talk a little psychology here since you played the game too. Uh, shooting, being a shooter. Stefanovic, you mentioned the numbers, Holman Road. I mean, obviously you practice there more, but is there more to it than that? Um, I, mean, I don't want to speak for him. I mean, I, yeah. you know, maybe it is psychological. Um, you know, shooters can be kind of quirky at times. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I know his numbers. I mean, he's averaging like 14 points a game at home, and then it's like six on the road. Uh, but again, I think it goes a little bit back to their team, though. I mean, that's part mm-hmm. of their team too, mm-hmm. and just playing with a uh, greater pace at home. And yeah, I mean, he's been a big part of uh, our scouting process. Um, these last couple of days because he is shooting 52% from three at home. They do a good job of finding him in transition. He's unbelievable coming off screens. And then kind of the sneaky thing they do with him, like they get offensive rebounds mm-hmm. and they kick it out to him. I mean, they do an unbelievable job of finding him mm-hmm. after an offensive rebound for a three. They've been doing a little more with Thompson too, <coughs> using him a little more? Or? Yeah, he's playing a little bit more and he's mm-hmm. kind of bypassed Proctor um, mm-hmm. a little bit um, in the rotation. You know, Proctor's minutes and productivity are down a little bit and um, you know, Thompson, even though he's a freshman, he's kind of playing with some swagger and, and shooting the ball well. Um, so, yeah, there's even a lot of points these last couple of games where he's he's playing more minutes than Proctor. Yeah. Well, we did a lot of things right in the last game with them. They certainly helped. They missed their first 10 shots, I think. But uh, you're probably pretty sure they're not going to do that again. We hope they do. But uh, so, I mean, you know, we out-rebound them. Did a lot of the key things, I think, to win that game. The score kind of reflected that. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the first thing is we, we, we played really hard, um, played with great effort, um, you know, and nastiness. Uh, you saw that on the glass. You saw, saw that getting extra opportunities. But it was probably our best game in terms of the year of kind of just following the plan. Um, we kind of had an exact plan on how to, how to guard all their actions because they run a ton of set plays. Um, and our guys did an unbelievable job of just executing that plan. And um, we weren't great offensively either that night. Um, we only scored 63. But, um, yeah, it was just more of a combination of great effort, toughness, and then executing the game plan. All right. Well, Coach, thank you. Good luck tonight. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you. That's Assistant Coach Stephen Gentry with a Coach's Corner here from Mackey. Thanks much, Brian. And the Coach's Corner brought to you by Clark Lindsay and Hickory Point Bank. I'm Scott Beatty. There's plenty more in a moment from West Lafayette. 
as Illinois faces the Purdue Boilermakers. And after the ball game, Evan Kahn and Michael Kaiser bring you the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. They'll welcome your calls and texts about what you heard and saw 